Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to the Soundologia podcast, episode number five. If you are looking to discover new and experimental music, artists, and technology that support the experimental sound, you're in the right place. As always, I'm your host, Peja Kovacevic, and I would like to welcome you to the Soundologia platform and our podcast series. There is no doubt that the logic of sound can be interpreted in many ways. Therefore, we try to bring various voices to the Soundologia show to express their opinions. This is why we bring artists who explore the phenomena of sound from a different perspective and widely use technology to expand their creativity and build new capabilities that allow them to get innovations. I think that without experimenting with sound and including the latest technology, there is not so much space for making something new or unique. One of the music artists who combines the new technology but keeps going with the traditional music elements is my guest today, composer, performer, educator, software developer, Jose Veliz. This is quite a unique episode as we actually made two recordings of this show. The first time, Jose and I met at the Soundologia studio in Miami at the end of 2021 and recorded the first part of the show. And then, almost one and a half years later, in October 2023, I met Jose again to get all the updates on his work and life. Jose and I did a few projects together in the meantime and completed our fellowship program at the Radcliffe Incubator had an extraordinary opportunity to teach at Florida International University and made a lifelong friendship. I welcome you to enjoy this show, so let's start with part one of our conversation. Good morning, Jose. Good to have you on my podcast. Good morning, Peja. Yeah, it's great to be here. Jose, can you take us back to the beginning and tell us how you discovered your affinity for experimental music making? Yeah, certainly. So when I was doing my undergraduate studies in music composition for media at the University of Miami, I, I took a class in video game scoring and learned more about the idea of writing music, um, not linearly, but vertically and thinking about different layers that could be added and, and to create different uh, musical combinations through the different paths available. And that's something that really interests me. And I got more interested in, in the idea of using technology to create music that could be interacted with. And as I kept doing more research about it, I learned more about different technologies available. And I'm currently working on the development of new technologies to allow audiences to be able to interact with the music being performed in real time and also interact with music and installations as well. Jose, music production and music technology are just an enormously vast field. You have a broad educational background in performance and also mm -hmm. acoustic instrument uh, that is piano. Mm -hmm. And you also uh, study technology at Florida International University. I would like to ask you, when we are flooded with so many online courses, tutorials, academies that cover all aspects of learning music, you decided to keep with the formal education at FIU, even though you already achieved a couple of uh, degrees. Yes. 
was it hard to study and work simultaneously on various projects? Right, yeah, it's, it's certainly difficult to be able to manage uh, those two aspects at the same time. Um, regardless of how it is, uh, the way I see it is, whether you're doing a formal education or, or studying through online courses or you know just watching YouTube videos or whatnot, you're always gonna be learning more as you work. So there's always gonna have to be some time to, to continue learning and growing, and that's how you can develop as a better artist. Um, and the, one of the advantages of doing education in person in, at an institution is the ability to be able to network and connect with other uh, composers, other musicians, uh, other artists, and being able to be in that environment uh, really helps to motivate you and inspire you to continue working. And also you, you have the access uh, of very knowledgeable uh, people in your field. And it's, it's really helpful to count with their help, uh, not just in terms of technical aspects, uh, musical aspects, but also help with connecting you to the right people to be able to present your work uh, in the places you'd like to present it and be able to execute the things you'd like to. Let's move on to some of your projects. There are a lot of projects, but we chose a couple of them uh, just to discuss about. And the first one is a kaleidoscope. You wrote the music for this art, uh, a short documentary, short art movie. Mm -hmm. I will put the link uh, in the description uh, so people can see that on Winmio. That's a, a visual poem and it explores mental health through the eyes of a young woman trying to go from one birthday to the next. The music plays a big part in this uh, documentary that has no words, uh, but uh, the music actually compensates that and fill out a narrative that is the integral part of uh, this psychological uh, uh, fictional drama. Mm -hmm. Tell me first, uh, what does the score like? And uh, also, how did you come to know and work with Austin-based filmmaker Gabriela Williams? Yes, yes, this was a very interesting project. Kaleidoscope uh, was, again, as you said, a, a short film uh, in a very artistic fashion. And I've worked in many short films, uh, doing compositions for them. Uh, but this one was very special due to the way it was shot. Uh, as you mentioned, there's a lot of different um, visual elements and there's a lot of uh, metaphorical elements that are present. And also the film has no dialogue. So the music really needed to carry out the emotion and express the underlying meaning of what's happening visually. Uh, so it's a very interesting project to work on. Um, I, through discussions with the director, we developed a specific unique sound for the project, which was the combination of sound design and classical musical elements and some Baroque elements as well. So I, I combined the use of harpsichord with uh, sound design elements and, and other very unique um, sound aspects. And this project came about uh, since I was studying at the University of Miami, I met uh, Gabriella Williams there while she was doing her master's in, in film. And um, I connected with her and um, we started that collaboration and it was a great project to work on. This short movie and the whole project uh, has some similarities with uh, audio walks by Canadian-based uh, duo Janet Cardiff and George Beers Miller. Mm -hmm. 
And when we spoke before the show, you mentioned that they definitely influenced your work. Yes. So those were influences that I actually discovered after uh, the film. And uh, as I started getting more into installations and, and other interdisciplinary art forms, and as you mentioned, they're, they're a duo based in Canada that creates uh, different kinds of installations uh, focused on sound and, and visual elements. Uh, and there's certainly similarities uh, between that and this film Kaleidoscope, um, because in, in a way that film, since it's a very artistic um, art form, it both deals with sound and visuals. And while it's not a, a physical installation space, there is a lot of similarities. Um, there was actually at some point discussions with the director about doing an installation based on the project um, by having multiple rooms that represent the different rooms in the in the project, and and having some kind of interactive musical elements uh, going on, uh, which uh, it hasn't happened so far. Hopefully, it will happen in the future. Uh, we'll see. But I think there's a lot of similarities. In that sense, as the video and audio elements go along with each other in this project, there is at least one more uh, question that I want to ask you. Uh, there was a, a sound designer who created different sound effects. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm curious, how did that collaboration go, and what came first, uh, your compositions and music, or? different effects and who was the one who decided about that? Right, so it was a simultaneous um, aspect. And the way we worked, it was almost like a collaboration. So the sound designer was mostly focused on capturing sounds that were actually visually there. Uh, so for instance, um, there's a scene where there's balloons bouncing around and, and he recreated the sound of the balloons or the sound of steps. And he did add some um, background elements as well. Uh, but within the music, I included a lot of sound design as well. So it was uh, some form of collaboration with him. And, and we discussed uh, as we were both working how to make both of our elements uh, work together. Perfect. So why don't we hear some parts of that movie you want to share with our listeners? And uh, what part are we going to listen to? So we'll listen to only the musical score, uh, which includes some sound design that I included, uh, but it would be missing the elements that were added by the sound designer that was working on the film. Thank you. 
let's move to your other project choices from 2019 that is interactive orchestral composition people can find it on youtube and let me introduce the audience with that project before uh, let you talk more about it so it's an interactive orchestral composition that allows audiences to control the music using a live voting application on their smartphones. In this composition, the audience can control instrumentation, moods, emotions, tempo, and more. The project relies on new technologies, app development, and the whole concept seems like an experimental adventure with endless possibilities. How did you develop the idea of integrating live music performance with technology that allows the audience to join the performances as practically an equal composer as yourself? So there were a few influences, and actually some of them might be a little funny. Initially, the, the first influence, again, was the video game scoring class I took, and, and having the idea of uh, creating interactive music uh, really inspired me into uh, getting... Uh, more knowledgeable about that and, and trying to find ways to create interactive musical experiences. Um, there was also a masterclass that took place at UM uh, with Jacob Collier, uh, who is a fantastic musician. And what he did while we were there, he, he did um, an experiment with the audience in which he had us hum different pitches and change pitches around. And the idea of the sound coming from everyone in the audience and, and blending it together uh, and interacting with what was going on musically uh, was a fascinating, fascinating experience. And it, it was very inspiring. And finally, the, the, the funny story, I um, was with some friends uh, actually just ordering some pizza and, and they, had, they had me on, on hold and, and I put the, the phone uh, you know, on speaker. And for some reason, my friend decided, oh, let me call as well. And, and they put in hold and we had the music from the hold call going on through all the different phones. And, and it, it, I was inspired by that, by um, deciding to, you know, the, the way it worked with the music coming out from different places, I thought it'd be really neat to have audience members also being part of the music in a, in a sense. Um, and so through all those experiences, I, I decided I wanted to, to give us a shot and, and I started working on that back in uh, 2018 is when I started actually writing the music and, and figuring out how to make the interactivity work. And um, from there, I just kept developing and I'm currently continuing to develop uh, new methods to add more interactivity to live performances.
I watched the, the, the concert on YouTube and our uh, listeners can find the, the link uh, in the description below. Uh, but when I watched the, the video, I was thinking if it's possible that all orchestra members, all musicians uh, have a digital score that is linked to the application that audience use and that can be changed in the real time. So it means that the part of the score that is chosen had to be in front of them and they play to change the, the, the segment. Right, that, that's exactly the way that it, 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 this idea is intended to be. And that's how I expect it to work in the future. Uh, hopefully we get there soon and are able to experience that sometime soon. Uh, for now, I'm able to, to work something like that with very simple, uh, again, uh, A or B choices. 
but within the next few months, I, I hope to have that ready uh, to premiere with some work. So we are talking about the continuation of that project. So what are the limits of such an endeavor like this one? And have you considered in what ways you can develop this concept in the future? Yes. So I currently, the, the way the method works is almost as a different paths, musical paths are available. And as audiences use their smartphones to vote live, uh, the different musical paths are uh, chosen and then they take place almost like a, they pick either A or B or C. Uh, currently, I'm working on the development of uh, sheet music application of sorts uh, using Max and the back library so that people are able to, as they vote, not only change paths, but actually change the music in real time um, through the use of this technology I'm developing. And it will allow for all kinds of musical changes uh, in, in terms of not just mood and emotion, but also changes in regards to um, pitch uh, inversion, rhythmic augmentations, rhythmic diminutions, and all sorts of very interesting effects. Uh, and it not, won't be necessarily a A or B scenario, but rather a whole spectrum of possibilities. And, and that is currently what I'm working on to, uh, in this next step in this project to be able to create um, more interesting interactive experiences. Have you ever considered the possibility of uh, going further and uh, moving the audience outside of the concert hall and make it virtually so that everybody can lead the orchestra from their home? Right, so that's going to touch into another project as well. Uh, I'm also currently working on the development of an interactive video player. And some of these works that I premiered back in 2019 that were performed live, uh, I will be um, redoing them uh, in a video format in which audiences can interact from their homes, um, including newer works as well and, and other types of interactive video art as well. So I suppose it's a Music United, right? Yes. That's the project. We will talk about it later. Let's touch upon the piece or the project that we control nature. This is the interactive installation with the mm -hmm. four elements, uh, water, wind, earth, and fire. While one crosses the finger over the four square space, the sound is changed, right? right? Yes, correct. So do we control nature is going to be an interactive installation and it originated as a small uh, application created in the Max MSP in which audiences were able to control four different elements of nature by dragging their fingers across a touchscreen and being able to create the blends of them. And I was inspired by the study of different types of randomness. And, and I know there's a lot of randomness in nature too. So I wanted to do something with nature and that's how it came along. And now I'm trying to further develop this into a fully immersive installation, both um, orally and visually. And I'm doing some uh, experimental work at the I360 room at FIU's uh, North Biscayne campus. Uh, this is a, a room that has a 360 projection across uh, you know, the entire cylindrical room. And I'm working with 
uh, touch designer and I'm looking to collaborate with some people. Um, I, I've currently been in discussion uh, with some people to create some generative visuals that change with the music. So it would blend the different elements visually as well, well as orderly. So uh, when you blend fire with water, you would visually see that blend as well uh, surrounding you. So you're immersed by it. Additionally, I want to make use of sensors to be able to create different forms of interaction in which audiences are going to be able to move around and through their interactions, be able to change both the visual and sound elements. Right. I have a lot of questions to ask you regarding this project. <laughs> Something that just crossed my mind. Do we really control the nature? What do you think? Right, so th that's one of the questions that I, I want to, to raise with, with this installation is, um, do we as humans have control over nature or, or is it the other way around? And um, so the aspect of humans controlling nature is, is very clear in, in installation because you're able to blend the different elements at, at will. But I do want to include some types of elements that are out of control of the listener or user, you know, or audience member. That way there's that other side of nature controlling humans. And and so installation is a form to pose that question of, you know, that relationship between humans and nature and, and how it works.
some sounds and timbres such as uh, distortion guitar that I think represents fire or pan flute, uh, it's related to the wind. They are asso associated with the nature elements. I wanted to ask you, how did you generate the sound? How did you get uh, those, those timbres? Right, so it was a combination of elements. I used actual um, samples of the different elements and, and play with them with distortion and, and other effects. I pitched them and etc. cetera. Uh, so for instance, in the water, you might be able to hear some, some pitched water drops uh, that serve as a melody. Um, in regards to the fire, the uh, distorted effect that you hear is actually brass uh, that's very distorted. And I, to me, it just sounded like like fire, and and, and that's why I, I included it. I, I wanted to include not just um, natural elements and, and mess with them, but also include instruments, and uh, in different manners to represent those different elements as well. Did you use uh, some uh, field recordings? So the recordings I, I didn't obtain myself. Uh, they're recordings that were in public domain or asked for permission to use uh, from other people. Um, but certainly as the, as the project progresses and I continue to develop, I, I'd be interested in uh, going in myself and recording those elements and, and really capturing unique sounds to include in the work. Mm -hmm. Where do you intend to install uh, the project installation, like inside of some museum? as the individual interactive installation or maybe even on the cell phone as an app? Initially, the, the first um, time it will be available to the public, it will take place at the North Biscayne FIU campus where they have the immersive 360 projection room. Outside of that, I have been in discussion with uh, some museums to be able to find some space for it, uh, for it to be a temporary installation in their space. And there's a potential as well to have some of the elements as a mobile application too. Uh, that's something that I've thought of, but I think it's uh, further down the road. Before we move on to one of your other interactive installations, I would like uh, to, to read uh, some segments uh, or one segment from the book Composing Interactive Music Techniques and Ideas Using Max by Todd Winkler, that actually you recommended to our listeners. In the introduction and the background section, uh, there are three statements that Winkler posed. Uh, the first is interaction is a two-way street. The second one is computers stimulate interaction. And third one is interactions means action. So in the second statement, computers stimulate interaction, he says, Computers stimulate interaction in this constructed world by allowing users to change aspects of their current state and behavior. This interactive loop is completed when the computers, in turn, affect the further actions of the users. Mm -hmm. The third statement, interaction means action. He says, computer programs are more or less interactive, depending on how they respond to human actions and how they engage human response. Interactivity comes from a feeling of participation, where the range of possible actions is known or intuited, and the results have significant and obvious effects. Yet there is enough mystery 
maintained the spark curiosity and exploration. Television is not very interactive yet. The viewer does not have any way to change aspects of show, except for switching channels, changing the volume, or altering the controls for color, tint, and horizontal hold. The medium will become more interactive when viewer actions have a meaningful impact on the content and structure of the work. Tell me, how did the book composing interactive music and techniques and ideas using Max inspire your interactive projects? How did it help you integrate sound and technology? Yes. Uh, well, uh, composing interactive music, uh, the book is, is a wonderful resource available. It is a bit on the other side when we talk about technology, since everything changes so rapidly in this world. Uh, this, uh, the book is from 1998, I believe. Uh, but even back then, I think it was way ahead of its time in terms of all, all the concepts and ideas that can be used today and um, used with new technologies. Definitely some of the most in inspiring aspects is the beginning where they talk about the history and the background of the interactivity and the way it has been used. And also towards the end of the book, there's a section about, I think it's called advanced techniques or concepts, uh, something along those lines. And, and talking about the ability of using different sensors and, and different input devices to be able to create those interactions, which to me were really inspiring. Also in the book, there's a lot of uh, techniques to be able to hand, handle MIDI data to, to be able to create interactions with MIDI, which has been really useful to me uh, in the project developing the interactive sheet music application, since it allows me to be able to gather all that data in, in different manners and, and be able to use it in meaningful ways uh, to change the sheet music in real time. Yes, the book is uh, from uh, 1997, the, the time when Todd Winkler collaborated with Miller Pocket and those people from uh, Bell Lab and persons who created the uh, Max uh, software. It's a really fascinating book. So a lot of people are scared of new technologies and you have that project, Do We Control the Nature? That is a question. Uh, so how do you feel that debate? I mean, we are all aware of the negative consequences that new technology can bring if it's not use, used properly, obviously. But it can be uh, so helpful in all areas and in all aspects of our life. So how do you see that collision? Well, certainly technology is it's not going to go away. And, and I think that the, the best approach you can have is to uh, accept and experiment in new technology and use it uh, for purposes that are going to be useful to express your art, to uh, be able to achieve things that you want to achieve in other fields as well. And while some people are afraid or they're not used to, to trying to adapt to the new technology, I think uh, it's becoming more and more essential to be adaptable to those changes. And I think they can bring about uh, new unique ideas, uh, new ways to experience uh, things. And to me, the positives of new technologies uh, outweigh the, the negatives. Uh, and as long as people are, uh, are using them in the right way, uh, I think they're an extremely useful tool. Right, I agree. So just tell me briefly what the patch 
for the piece, do we control the nature, actually do the installation uh, looks like? And how did you come up with the ideas of having all those uh, sound distortion, chorus effects, re reverb, also acoustic instruments like percussion, pan flutes and other? So I had a very clear idea of wanting to have the four different elements, but I worked on the composition on each of the elements individually. And so the patch contains essentially four, five different main elements, uh, four being the elements and the last element being the interactivity element. And as I worked on each of the elements uh, separately, I um, was having ideas for each element individually. And, and that's how I decided to use different acoustic instruments and um, different samples. And within each of those sections, I used a variety of uh, generative methods uh, using randomness to both uh, change um, longer samples throughout the duration and also be able to change the recurrence of shorter samples that are more rhythmic. Mm -hmm. In regards to interactivity, I uh, used um, the Mira a package from Max and I, I deal, dealt with the connectivity and routed all the data to, to change the different elements and be able to blend them according to the position of the finger in the tablet. And that's essentially in, in, a, in a nutshell, mm -hmm. um, just those five different elements within the patch. Did you collaborate with any app developer? Right, for, for that, uh, with the Mirror package, you're, you're able to, to do that. Uh, they have an application for, for iPads, and they also have the Mirror Web, which allows you to interact through the web. Mm -hmm. Once in the future, if I want to make this into a standalone application, I would probably have to collaborate with someone to, to be able to do a standalone application for the phone. Okay, nice. So Mirror the Pack is the name, actually, of... It's like plugin that you can use with yeah, Max. It's a plugin mm -hmm. within Max, yes, and um, it's extremely useful for for interactions and being able to use uh, other devices within your network uh, to interact with Max and also to view things in Max. Uh, so that's part of what I'm using also in the sheet music application mm -hmm. to be able to broadcast through the network uh, the, the sheet music to to the musicians all, all from within my computer. That uh, is something that you are doing in uh, your another interactive work, Music United. Yes. Uh, unifying uh, musicians from different locations to perform together. That's composition uh, performed across different locations, uh, stream together, creating unite, unified piece. Uh, what is behind uh, the idea of unity in music? Let's start from that question. Yes. Well, I, I want to talk first about unity in, in general outside of music uh, to answer that question. And the way I see it is um, as humans, when we come together to create something, we can create something much more powerful and, and bigger and much more meaningful than if we work by ourselves. And that's part of why I wanted to express through this work, the idea of people coming in together, not just musicians coming together, but since there's all this interactivity, audience members coming together to be able to create a work with different, uh, infinite possibilities. Uh, well, not infinite, but I did the math. It was something like five uh, quintillion or, or something like that possibilities. So essentially endless. And the way that the Music United works is audiences uh, will be using a custom uh, video interface that they can interact with. And 
uh, it has multiple videos playing in sync with each one with one of the different ensembles. We have four different ensembles, four different videos. And as the videos are happening, there's going to be different questions posed in um, the application. And as you answer them, it will change some of the videos in real time. That way you can, can create unique combinations of the music um, from your home. So it's going to be virtually. Yes, it, it will be. It has two aspects to it. It has the virtual aspect, which is the, the main focus of the work. And I will be conducting a performance of it as well. Mm -hmm. The idea is to eventually have a large scale performance in which I have the four different ensembles uh, performing across one location uh, with enough distance for them to, to be separated. And audiences can interact with the musicians live in real time. And then there's also going to be a, a screening in the same location of all the ensembles combined so people can experience individual ensembles and then the combination of all of them. So where are those ensembles coming from? I, I worked with musicians, all local musicians from Miami, but the idea was to, to have them record separately and perform separately within a space. Uh, eventually, I, I would love to, to have ensembles from different places around the world and be able to explore unique musical styles from, from those regions and, and be able to bring them together through this application. Um, but mm -hmm. for this first iteration, uh, I, I, I decided to, to work with uh, musicians here. Also, um, I, I'm currently working on it with the support of the Knight Foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, when you mentioned Knight Foundation, to what extent uh, do the awards uh, you have achieved so far, the Knight New York winner or Young Arts winner are among them, boost your research and sound experiments? Yeah, certainly it's very useful to, to have their support um, because many of these ideas can't come alive um, without the collaboration of other individuals. And uh, of course, there's, there has to be some kind of financial um, motivation for other people to, to be included in the project. And, and I think it's only fair for people to, to be paid for their time uh, as we're all working artists. And um, without their support, I would not be able to, to bring collaborators. In, in this specific project, Music United, I, I actually am working with a team of developers who are developing the, the web interactive video player. And I also got the chance to work with a great uh, electronic artist uh, based in LA who, who helped with some of the electronic sounds in the composition. And, you know, the hiring of the musicians, uh, you know, uh, paying for our location to be able to present it and, and screen it. And all those elements would, would not be possible without the assistance of the work at the, the Nine Night Foundation. And you will have different music genres, like the, the, uh, different styles and different performers who will play uh, classical music, but other genres, right? Yes, that is correct. So Music United uh, is a work that was, was trying to express many things uh, of course, uh, expressing unity, the idea of coming together. And I wanted to bring about together many different genres as well. Uh, so there is uh, a classical ensemble, uh, which is a string quintet. There's a percussion quartet that plays all kinds of uh, classical percussion and world drumming as well. Uh, there's a, a rock band uh, set up as well with uh, guitars, uh, drums, bass, and, and vocalists. And there's also a electronic element ensemble, let's call it, which is just electronic music. And it, it's, it uses elements from more, uh, I guess, um, popular 
electronic music. And the idea is to, uh, as an audience member, to blend all those different elements from all those different ensembles and combine them in different and unique ways to create uh, a unique composition, blending all that together. And within the composition too, there's um, elements that express the ideas of loneliness and, and togetherness, which was something that many people uh, had to deal with during the pandemic. Some people weren't able to, to be with the people they wanted to be with and the moments where you could be together with other people were cherished. And so that is expressed throughout the music in different ways, both using lyrics, uh, but with the way the music is written as well. Maybe we could touch upon uh, this uh, topic earlier, but we are still speaking about uh, interactive medium. And uh, let's get back to Janet Cardiff and, and George Burroughs Miller and their projects. You mentioned the piece, uh, the project experiment in F-sharp minor, mm -hmm. one of those walks. That particular one is made uh, inside of Walt Disney Concert Hall with a pre-recorded video and the audience wear headphones to get the full effect of the original recording. Actually, they record it. They use some binaural recording to get the quality of the sound. So that uh, whole concept is based on the storytelling narrative. How do you see it and is the storytelling important to your work? Storytelling, I think, is extremely important to the way I work, especially with interactive works, having all those different pathways are definitely, in a sense, uh, thinking of a story and, and the different ways the story can, can navigate. Also, you know, in terms of uh, work I've done with films, such as Kaleidoscope, uh, it's extremely important to keep in mind the overall arch of the story and, and be able to create music that encompasses that uh, story arch. And that's something I try to keep in, in my music of all kinds, uh, trying to really develop an arch that has a, a shape similar to a story and it helps keep the audiences engaged throughout the performance. Today is Monday, October 2, 2023. I'm currently located in the beautiful countryside of central Serbia, where I have a chance to connect virtually with my friend Jose Veliz to bring the updated story on his current projects and professional path. So Jose, welcome again to the Soundologia podcast and thank you for being so kind as to meet and share some of your past and current projects since we did the first part of the show. Thanks, Pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're currently in New York as you're doing your work there. So let's start from there. Let us know what are you working on? Sure. Uh, I'm working on a project here in New York City, uh, doing a show control system for a large space that includes a variety of immersive spaces and performance spaces. And I'm working on the system that manages and, and controls all the audiovisual software and hardware that lives within this space. Jose, please update our listeners with your work over the past two years. Uh, can you mention some of your projects and what's going on with your career in music technology? Yeah, of course. Since last time we spoke, I had mentioned a couple of projects that were in progress, uh, both To Be Control Nature and Music United. Uh, both of those projects were successfully presented in different capacities. 
the We Control Nature was presented at uh, Mad Arts Lab in Florida. And it was presented during Earth Day. And we had the opportunity to have a, a group of people coming in during a two day festival to showcase different films about uh, nature and the effect uh, humans have on it. And also showcasing the immersive installation and having people interact with it and, and being able to use all the different parameters we discussed on, on our last time. And it was a great experience for all the people involved. Music United ended up being performed at the Filmgate Interactive Media Festival. Uh, it's a festival that happens over a few days in Miami in the Filmgate location. And for Music United, I did a presentation of the live performance there. And people were able to walk up and interact with the musicians using the uh, interactive interface through tablets. And that live performance took place on a Saturday, on December 8th of uh, last time we spoke. During the festival, we also presented the um, interactive digital version that was presented in a large display and people were able to walk up and interact with it throughout the entire uh, duration of the festival. And it was quite a success. A lot of people really enjoyed being able to interact with the different examples and being able to interact with individual musicians uh, using technology during the live performance. And after that, I um, continued working on different projects while having a teaching position as a adjunct uh, faculty at the FIU School of Music in Music Technology. And I was teaching the electronic music lab class uh, focused on teaching of synthesizers and, and how to create your own synthesizers using Max7SP. And during that time period, I was working on collaborations with Jonathan Ars to do different audiovisual performances with organ and projection mapping, doing mapping over the pipes of an organ and on different areas of the stage. And, and he was working on some reactive DMX lighting uh, that changed as he was performing. And we worked on that collaboration. And at the same time, I worked on a collaboration with Ryu Peja and, 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 and some other people uh, doing a festival called the Landscape of Sound. And it was a festival that was put together with you, Jonathan Ars, Paul Saisland, and we were able to do a festival, including a variety of musicians in which they perform music and there was audio reactivity to what they were performing. And, and that was a, a wonderful project to, to be a part of. After uh, doing my uh, adjunct faculty position at FIU, I moved on to do an internship with Universal Creative in Orlando. I was working as part of their research and development team, uh, working on different projects using uh, different sensors and uh, immersive sound technologies to be utilized within the Universal Park and Resorts uh, spaces that they have. So different technologies that allowed for deeper immersion and, and deeper engagement with what people experience in those theme parks. It was a, it was a wonderful experience and, and I'm excited to in the future, see those projects come to life. Uh, since I was in the research and development uh, section of the company, uh, there's a lot of elements there that uh, will be upcoming in future years. And after the internship, I moved on to another role with a company called Smart Monkeys. Smart Monkeys focuses on doing show control systems for 
different kinds of venues, including museums, large-scale performing centers, airports, and other types of venues as well. And I've been working with them on a variety of projects, doing show control systems and uh, doing the programming for those in a variety of fashions using show control programming software and also using other programming languages to create custom solutions for a variety of locations. And I've been working on a great project with them here in New York City. And I've been here for a couple of months. And in this new position, I'm focused a bit more on the technical aspects of creating these control systems. But I'm constantly interacting with a variety of individuals that delve into the creative aspects of developing these installations that uh, happen in different museums, places, or uh, airports, etc. And I'm able to collaborate with them with my creative background and my technical background and be able to create a cohesive plan for deploying the show control systems. And I think it's a great opportunity for many people who delve into music technology to explore careers like this, where you have the ability to focus on your technical side of things and be able to use that creative background to be able to communicate with the people you're working with. Yeah. I want to add, you were always immersed in technology. And I remember when we met for the first time, uh, you already started learning Max MSP software like I did. And we talked a lot about that software and your interactive works. We mentioned some of the projects we've worked on together, like the Sonic Landscape Festival at FIU. That was a multimedia festival we realized together by joining forces with our friends from FIU, Jonathan Ars, who is the organ player, Paul Stainsland, our big support and sound engineer. And I want to mention our friend and singer Gabriela Esquivel, who uh, promoted the festival and performed a couple of pieces. I want to use the chance to say hello to them as we are thinking of them while recording this show. So, Jose, let me ask you, I remember your role was primarily to create or assist in all those visualization that different artists use to project on the screen. And that was a crucial component on that multimedia festival. So let's talk about the touch designer software and what is your experience with it, as well as how this tool can be useful to allow multimedia artists or musicians to make visualization and connect it with their sound. Sure. Yeah. Touch designer is a wonderful software developed by a company by the name of Derivative. The software is intended to be used for developing immersive installations uh, that use audiovisuals and also for audiovisual performances. Uh, there is many artists that use Touch Designer. For example, uh, one of the big artists in the EDM world is Deadmau5, who uses Touch Designer for creating unique set designs that interact to the music that he's performing. Uh, but you have <clears throat> other performers as well, such as Max Cooper, who uh, does very creative immersive performances where he uses uh, dual projections and the projections react to what he's performing. And so there's a lot of people that do that work with reactive visuals and they use Touch Designer as a tool to be able to make that happen. Uh, on the other end, you have uh, people that work on doing installations that take place in museums or other art galleries. And they use Touch Designer as a way to trigger and 
uh, changed environment in different ways through the visuals, lighting, and, and sound as well. The great thing about Touch Designer is that it can, it can be integrated with a lot of software, including Ableton, uh, Max MSP, and others as well. So for people that work with other softwares, they're able to integrate with Touch Designer and be able to create what they need uh, through that platform. It operates similar to, to Max MSP using a, a node-based environment, and it has a lot of tools that make it very user-friendly to start experimenting with video processing and being able to modify video and change the parameters that you're modifying using audio or MIDI signals. So it's a wonderful tool that I think anyone interested in music technology should explore and, and see how they can creatively use visuals to enhance their audio. Let's stay at the festival for a bit and talk about our collaboration. I prepared the sound for that purpose and you helped me execute the visualization I projected on the screen. I also used the DMX lighting system and technology made by Antec company. It was the EMU software I used to map different sound patterns I made for the performance. Uh, that was a piece for live electronics and lighting systems titled uh, Landscape of Sound and Light Waves, which I performed live at the festival in April this year. I decided to play a part of that piece now as that was a part of our mutual project. Before we listen to my track, I want to ask you if you think the Touch Designer software and the festival we did has the potential to grow into something bigger. Yeah, both the festival I worked on has uh, the potential to grow and especially uh, using tools like Touch Designer and Max MSP, uh, it's possible to create a similar festival and uh, or grow this festival in a variety of ways. Um, there are a lot of people already using this software to create large-scale uh, installations and or performances and and there's many festivals are out there where many of the people are already using these tools you have festivals such as ars electronica and the other festival is also mutech that uh, you, there are a variety of artists that already use touch designer and max msp so these technologies allow people to become more fluent with developing different environments using music creative creativity and technology and as I mentioned earlier, they're uh, user-friendly tools that allow people to experiment with the tools that are already inside the software and not have to essentially program everything from scratch. And also the node-based environments really help people who are visual learners to be able to program and create unique audiovisual experiences. As you said, it's a user-friendly tool. I think it would be so useful for all those listeners who would like to get their hands on this type of software to hear something more about the technical aspects of Touch Designer. Yeah, Touch Designer offers a variety of family tools within its environment referred to as uh, CHOPs, TOPS, and SOPs, which stand for a variety of different uses. The, the CHOPs uh, deal with anything such as audio and other moving data. And you're able to use that data to change different parameters 
within other aspects of your project. The top family deals with anything with images and video, and they offer a variety of tools that allow you to include your own images, or they offer tools to generate uh, different shapes, such as shapes that are based on circular patterns, uh, squares, rectangles, and being able to manipulate those uh, shapes into different ways. So you're able to use, do something where you grab an audio signal using a, a chop audio in and route that signal to the shape of a specific trapezoid or, or different geometric shape. And using the audio, you can change the shape of uh, what you have in that top node. And finally, the, the subfamily is for rendering uh, 3D objects. So it's, it's like the tops, but you can edit 3D objects. You might have something like a sphere and using an audio signal or a MIDI signal, you're able to write it directly by just dragging that signal into a parameter for, for that 3D shape. And you're able to manipulate the way it looks. Uh, you can manipulate its rotation. And by using all these tools, you can create your own unique audiovisuals. And aside from that, Touch Designer also offers a variety of pre-made tools that you can use for adding different uh, visual effects, for adding you know visual feedback. A lot of the tools inside also provide the ability to use LFOs uh, in, in the chop family to be able to change parameters up and down in, in different types of waveforms. And you can also uh, use a variety of noise, both within uh, the chops and just have noise as a as a numeric signal, but also using noise as a video signal and seeing the different pixels in the video change randomly using that noise parameter. Using all those effects and with some time in your hands, you can create any kind of combination and using creativity, you're able to create amazing experiences with those tools. And let our listeners know how much is the software. There should be a free version, right? So there is a free version that anyone can utilize. And the only limitation that they have is that you should not be using it for commercial uses. So if it's something that you want to experiment and use for school projects or, or for personal projects where you're not making a profit off, then you are able to use it. Otherwise, you have to purchase a license. But the free version of the software is exactly the same version as, as the uh, licensed version. So you're able to experiment with it and do an exploration. And uh, when you're ready to work in a project that will be monetized, uh, you can utilize and purchase license from derivative and be able to manage it that way. Fantastic. I'm sure that all our listeners are truly grateful for receiving this quite a valuable introduction lesson on the touch design software and some possibilities this tool may offer. I hope this introduction will inspire some people who have heard the story and they will immediately jump into it to create their audiovisual creations. Dear Jose, it's always nice catching up with you I wish you all the best with all your work with Smart Monkeys and with all your projects and hope to meet you soon. Thanks, Pedro. It's a pleasure to be here again. Yes, always. Ciao. Ciao.
I hope you enjoyed. It was my piece, Landscape of Sound and Light Waves, that I created and performed at the Sonic Festival in Miami in April this year. As you already heard, Jose and I joined forces with our great friends we mentioned earlier and made it happen. That was everything for today's show. You have been listening to the conversation with the composer, conductor, performer, music technologist, Jose Valiz. To find more about Jose, check his website, interartlabs.com, where you can get familiar with his past and current projects. Also, check the YouTube video with his performance of his interactive composition choices, and you can find many other compositions on SoundCloud as well as on YouTube. You can also find more information about Jose's work in the description of this episode. To find more about Soundologia, to hear more about our guests and listen to our previous shows, please visit us at soundologia.com. As always, I'm your host, Peja Kovacevic, and if you have any comments and recommendations, do not hesitate to write to us. Soundologia. Soundologia. Soundologia.